Say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession that I will meditate therein both day and night. Monday through Friday, a chapter in the morning and a chapter in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. It is no more a mess. Now everything we touch, everything I touch, turns to success. If you believe that, shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Once again, we thank you for, if you are visiting with us today, again, put your hands together for all of our visitors. Thank you all for being here. And um, we're about to preach the main message. And so give an ear to hear and God will minister to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this. We thank you for manifesting yourself in the service. We sense it, for lack of a better word. We sense your presence. And now for this very special moment where we sit, as it were, at your feet to hear from your word. We pray that my speech and preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but that it will be by demonstration of your spirit and of power. That our faith would not rest in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of you, Lord God. We're open to the operation of the gifts of the Spirit should you desire to continue to manifest yourself in our midst. And as always, we covenant to give you and you only all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody agree with that prayer said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As you're seated, please open with me in your Bible to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to read verse 1 through 4. The title of the message today we'll get to in a moment, but this is the text. Therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy and we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. How many of y'all know you shouldn't handle the word of God deceitfully? But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled or hidden, It is veiled or hidden to people who are perishing, whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. I'm going to need the full use of my time today as we continue in the series that we started last week called The King and the Outlaw. I don't know how long this series is going to be, but it's probably one of the most important series of teaching that I'll ever bring or that I've brought thus far, I'll say. The title that was given to me in prayer this morning for this message is that this, what I'm about to cover, 
explains everything. Say it out loud. This explains everything. So we started this about a week ago, immediately got into some really deep stuff. I won't go backwards, but I, I need to go forwards. Please, if you would, if you missed last week, you need it in order to understand where we are today. This series is so important that I feel that I can't stress it enough. This is about, this series is about the authority that you and I have as born again Christians. As believers, it's about the believer's authority and particularly our authority over the devil, demon, demons, and evil spirits. You have authority over the devil. We looked at why things are the way they are. I saw a young man, I think it was at the grocery store, Sam's Club, and just shopping for camp. And I, I looked up and his arms were uh, deformed and he was just a young you know just a, a young child teenager possibly why was he born deformed why are people born blind or deaf or with a hearing impairment why do bad things happen to people not just why do bad things happen to good people why do bad, why, why are people maimed, lame, crippled, not able to walk or to stand up straight? Why, why is cancer? If you want to really understand why things are the way they are, go back last week. And, but this, this series explains everything. The answer for all of those questions is not, uh, the answer is because God is not in control the way most people think. That young guy at Sam's Club that his hands was deformed or the little child that I saw in the airport and was in the really big handicap type chair, um, the, the disability type chair. The reason is God is not in control the way most people think. God's not punishing people by causing them to be born blind. Or even after they're old to have some kind of accident or injury that cripples them for the rest of their life. Or to cause them to lose their family through a premature death or divorce. Why are those things happening? It's because God is not in control the way that most people think. And the reason why we said preachers stand in the pulpit and declare God is in control. Well, yeah, he is in ultimate control. And we know he's in absolute control of everything going on in heaven. But there's some stuff happening down here that's out of control. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, the Bible said, there's no temptation that has overtaken you except that is common to man, but God is faithful. Huh. He is faithful. He may not be in control like most people think, but he is faithful. He may not be the one behind. He is not the one behind stealing, killing, and destroying, but he is faithful 
What are you talking about, Pastor Stan? He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But he will, with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I quoted this last week. Do you know how most people, most Christians interpret this verse? They interpret this verse that God will not put on you more than you can bear. Come on, how many of you have ever heard that? Not if you said that, but if you've ever heard that. How do you get that from this verse? That's not what it says. God is not your problem. If God is your problem, you might as well give up. But he is not your problem. He's your answer. And he's not the one behind the problem. He's trying to get you to the answer. So God is not putting on people more than they can. He's not not putting on people more. He's not the one putting anything on anybody but the blessing. But that's not what that verse says. That verse simply says that God is faithful. He won't allow things to happen to you beyond your ability to handle it. Beyond your ability to deal with it. And not only that, he'll also make a, he'll open a door for you to get out of it safely. Hallelujah. Sometimes we can be in a situation where it seems like there's no way out. And we want to create doors. We want to go through doors he told us not to go through. But if you stay put, even in the midst of a burning, fiery furnace, he will make a way for you. Well, I use this because in the context of what we're teaching, because God is not in control like people think in the earth, there is the measure of control that he won't, he will not let things go on here beyond a certain point. Even though the earth have he given to the children of men. He will not let certain things go on beyond a certain point. There are things happening and have happened that are absolutely not the will of God, yet God allowed it. The big question is why? Why did God allow that young man to be born deformed? Why did God allow that child to be born blind or crippled? Y'all see where I'm going. I don't have to give every illustration. The big question is, why does God allow certain things to happen? God's not the one that took your grandmother, grandfather. God didn't cause the death of your loved one. He did not. I know the, pul- the, the person in the pulpit at the funeral said that, you know, God wanted another flower in heaven. If God wants another flower in heaven, he'll make a flower if he wants a flower. You don't have to take your child or your loved one to have a flower or another angel in heaven. If he wants an angel, make an angel. 
Jesus was, <laughs> Jesus was very clear. He said, the thief comes, but not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life. He's the giver of life, not the taker of life. I know Job was going through a really bad situation, and it's true that Job said it, but what Job said was not a statement of truth. The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. When we grew up, they called them Indian givers. I know the Washington skins or whatever the Washington Nationals changed it but when I grew up that's what they called it no offense to nobody but God is not the one who gives and takes it away I don't care what the song said okay whoever be whatever come on or what the song says he's a giver Job lost all of his children in one day, and his wife told him, go ahead and curse God and die. It seemed like she didn't really want him. Come on, somebody. I don't know if y'all know, when you're going through, you want somebody to stick with you, not be talking about well, just go ahead and die. You know, he lost all his wealth. He lost his health. He lost his children and apparently his wife. He said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. He didn't have it right. His understanding was bad. Tell mama that I use that all the time now, please. His understanding was bad. From his perspective, I could see where he was coming from. God is not your problem. He's not punishing you with sickness because of the sins of your youth. Something show up, you know, you used to smoke like a, a, a house, a smokehouse. Come on. But now something show up in your body. Well, this is just, you know, you know, what goes around comes around. That's not the Bible. Who said what goes around comes around? Well, they just get one. One more time because I'm trying to get back to my notes. God is not your problem. And what we're about to get into today explains everything. Psalm 115, stanza 16 says, <clears throat> the, the heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. Everything that happens in heaven is the will of God. God is in control of everything that happens in heaven. But the earth he gave to Adam and his offspring. If you want to know why things are the way they are, it's because of Adam. When he disobeyed God, he sold out to Satan, and Satan became the ruler of this world. We looked at that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 28. We know that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth's been around for 4.54 uh, billion years. So when the Bible says in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, period. I don't care what they teach you about evolution and the Big Bang Theory and how everything evolved out of an explosion. And this mass was then, you know, every, this goo of life was formed and you went from the goo to the zoo to you. My great, 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 great. How many ever great grandfather was not a knuckle dragon Neanderthal? God created the heavens and the earth. 
Things didn't evolve. He is the intentional being of the universe, the mastermind of it all. If he wanted a monkey, he made a monkey. And when he wanted a man, look at the scripture. He said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let him have dominion over everything. Fish of the sea, birds of the air, cattle, over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. Verse 28, then God blessed him and said, be fruitful, multiply. That's where we speak the blessing. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, every living thing that moves on the earth. We know that's how it all began. Can I take my time today? We know that something is uniquely interesting about the first chapter of the book of Genesis. Because in verse 1, we're dealing with something that happened 4.54 billion with a B years ago. It's almost unfathomable for the mind how far back that was. But then it says in verse 2 that the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the deep. And then God said light be and light, he separated light from darkness. It, it, it sounds like it was in chaos, that it was all messed up. And, and then the, 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 the sun and the moon were, were in its place and set and the stars were in their place. And then he separated land from water. Oh, y'all got to help me today. And also, please understand this when you're receiving this revelation. Moses wrote the book of Genesis. I don't know if you knew that, especially if you're newly born again and or if you went to a church and they did a lot of preaching and not a lot of teaching. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Come on. Moses wrote Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That's a lot of context coming from one person. And guess what? Moses wasn't in the beginning. So how he know? Oh, y'all don't make it hard for me to preach now. <laughs> you know, now that you think about it, wait a minute. See, some of y'all thought that God from heaven wrote in the beginning, I created heaven and earth, you know. <laughs> no, Moses wrote that. He actually penned that. He wrote what happened on the first day, what happened on the second day, what happened on the third day, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I say to you that verse 1 is dealing with something that happened 4.54 billion years ago, and verse 2 throughout the context deals with something that happened just six thousand years ago dinosaurs were 235 million years ago to the, from the, the existence of dinosaurs can be tracked back by scientists from 235 to 65 they went extinct 65 million years ago but the bible's context is within the last 6,000 years what I'm about to share with you today from Scripture explains this. Somebody say, get on with it, Pastor Stan. We know that after he created Adam, Adam sinned in turn, and he gave control of the earth over to Satan. So, Pastor Stan, if God is not in control of everything that's going on on the planet, who's in control? 
Well, please understand that the earth, the heavens belong to God, but the earth he gave to the children of men. Adam was given control and dominion over all the earth. But in the garden, there was this, this, this beast, this animal, and Satan entered the animal. Satan, we'll talk about that in a minute. And said through the serpent, you know, half God really said he came deceiving the woman. She came to her husband. He wasn't deceived, but he submitted to Satan in the garden. And as a result, sinned against God and transferred dominion and control. I'm about to show you this in scripture. I'm doing a lot of talking, but I'm about to show you the verse that says that he transferred dominion and authority over to Satan. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says, therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. Verse 14 says, nevertheless, death reigned. Now that's authority. You reign in dominion. Death reigned. I wonder who death is. We'll talk about that. Death reigned from Adam to Moses, Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who's the type of him to come. Look up at me for a moment. Romans 5 and 12 tells us that because of one man's sin, death entered into the world. That means before Adam's sin, there was no dying. When God created man, he created man to live for an eternity. When he created the plant kingdom and the animal kingdom, listen, when we get to heaven, there is no more dying. There is no more death. When he has flowers in heaven, the flowers just flower. And come on, they don't win. Y'all got to help me today. This is important now. They don't die. They live forever. Trees live forever in heaven. And it'll be that way on earth. But because just as, Romans 5 and 12, just as through one man, sin entered into the envelope of this world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon. You want to understand why people why what happened happened and all it was because of what took place at the beginning now am i doing good let me put some context in john chapter 10 verse 1 this is jesus in john 10 verse 1 jesus said most assuredly i say to you he who does not enter by the sheepfold but by the door but climbs up some other way the same is a thief and a robber the title of this series is called the king and the outlaw ultimately i'm preaching about king jesus and the outlaw who is the devil and what Jesus said about the devil is that he is a thief. He doesn't come in the right way. He didn't get here the right way. He didn't get into the right way. He climbs up some other way. He is a thief, the very nature of a thief. That's what the devil, he is a robber. Don't turn your, come on. He's looking to rob you. Y'all got to help me today. In verse 10, he keeps going. Verse 10 says, the thief, who are we talking about? The devil. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly who is he referring to he's referring to the devil nobody answered that wow he's talking about the devil y'all a thief a robber who comes only to steal kill and destroy that is the devil 
In John chapter 8, verse 44, here's another point of context. You are of your father, the devil, the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he's a, fa- he's a liar and the father of it. Now, if you are born again, new to the things of God, newly saved, if you've accepted Jesus, this is your Lord talking. This is not Moses who wrote the first five books. If you have a red letter Bible, this is Jesus himself talking. And he's talking about something that he knows. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life, right? He is the word of God. He was at the beginning. (laughs) Oh, I could preach right now if I had time. That's why we need our own building. So I could take my time and don't have to rush. Come on. But hear me carefully. We're not talking about Moses who's talking. This is... Jesus, the Son of God, the begotten Son of God, he was there in the beginning. If you go to John chapter 1, in the beginning was God, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh and dwelled among us, and we called him Emmanuel. In the beginning, the Word was with God. So when the Bible talks about the beginning, is it talking about six years, 6,000 years ago? No. Because the Bible tells us that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. So in context, we know that when the Bible says in the beginning, it's when God created the stars, the moon, the sun, the universes as we know it. He created the heavens and the earth 4.54 billion years ago. And guess what? Jesus was there in the beginning with God. And listen, that's my alarm to tell me to stop. I got 10 minutes, so I may not finish this message. Can you all come back next week? All right, then I'll stop the alarm. We'll finish, and we'll come back next week. All right. He was in the beginning with God. So in John 8 and 44, he tells, the, he, he tells these Pharisees, you are of your father the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning. So if I get this correctly, you all check my theology. That the beginning we're referring to when God created the heavens and the earth. The enemy was at the beginning. Also. All right, keep that in context. He was a murderer from the beginning. When the devil became the devil, his nature was a thief, a robber, and a murderer. I'm going to fast forward. You ever wonder why the animals, the, the, like uh, our, our kids like dinosaurs, like everyday dinosaurs? Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's a pterodactyl. That's a triceratops. That's a T-Rex. You know, it's like, oh, every day. You know? But we're talking about like 65 million years ago. And you watch Jurassic Park. I told my wife I'm looking forward to when they get a little older and we can actually watch Jurassic Park. Right? They can't see that right now. But that big old massive 80 foot animal, you know, with the big teeth, I can't do it. Y'all, anyway, I hope I didn't mess this message up. But and another movie they like is the Ice Age. Now, think about this. 
how do, okay, God created the dinosaurs. I believe that, but I believe they're all herbivores. But something happened where they began to eat each other, destroy each other. And then something else happened that totally wiped out every living thing on the planet. Scientists call it the ice age. They have dinosaurs they found with food in the belly, undigested. Okay, so where are we going with this? So the devil is a thief and a murderer that Jesus is referring to. It says here that he's been doing this from the beginning or what is called the beginning. We looked at in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, we said last week that according to scientists, the earth is about 4.54 billion years old. I need you to really begin to wrap your heart around this because way too often we get caught up in this present life. I'll close with 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm just not done, but I'm out of time. I'll try again next week, which is also why I am not going to rush through this. I know this is building in your spirit. There's thoughts and concepts that are causing you to rethink your own theology, and I'm okay with that. I need that to be established upon Scripture. Okay, so allow me to take my time. But, but, but these big numbers are important. Keep playing, please. Uh, this is important because you and I are going to live for an eternity. And we get to tripping about how she acted. I'm talking about your wife. Come on. You know, I keep telling her or I keep asking him or I keep telling them. And, and we, keep, we get caught up in what's going on on the job. How we get all throwed off. Can I borrow that from Louisiana? Anybody here from Louisiana? Pray. How we get all throwed off when somebody talks to us a certain way or rubs us in the wrong direction. We get caught up when a loved one passes as if we're never going to see him again. I need y'all to hear me today. We're talking big numbers. Because God intends for you to live for an eternity. And where you decide is based on this short, hour-long, two-hour-long, maybe two-and-a-half-hour-long period of life on earth. We know that, uh, that, that, that the day of the Lord, a day, one day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like one day. If you take 120 years, which is the max time for a human being as it stands right now, to God it's like two and a half hours if they live out their full capacity. And yet we get all tore up, can't even function because a loved one dies and they were born again. Which means there's coming a day when the trump shall shout and the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall ever, forever, forever be with the Lord. For an eternity. You talk about 4.54 billion? That's nothing we can count to a trillion. What's beyond that? Somebody say eternal life. This is so important, isn't it? So important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 50, this passage of Scripture is the reason why I need you to come back next week. Don't be 
playing with this series. Don't miss this and get, get all in your confusion. Never got right because you got like half of the series. You know what I'm saying? So I'm sharing with stuff with you. You know, like some people know enough to be dangerous. Don't be that guy, okay? Don't be that lady. Get all of this so you can understand why bad things happen. You can understand why cancer and all of these, and then you can know what to do about it. Now this I say, brethren, this is Paul talking, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. What you talking about, Paul? He says, look, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. Not talking about he's not, we're not all going to die physically. But we shall all be changed. What you talking about, Paul? In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, not the blinking, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we, those that are alive, shall be changed. What are you talking about, Paul? For this corruptible body must put on incorruption. This mortal body must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. I'm just out of time, but I'm asking you, please come back. Please come back. It should be just as many people here next week and more for those of you that are online. Amen. Always nice to the people online. Amen. God bless you. Come to church for real. <laughs> now hear me out. According to Paul, he's speaking by mystery. And this whole series is the mystery reveal to get your understanding right so you can understand why things are the way they are. Our physical body is going to be changed. It won't be flesh and blood, but it will be flesh and bone. I'll, I'll show it in scripture. Jesus at the resurrection, his blood was offered at the altar in heaven. So Jesus today is alive physically in a physical human body. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God in a physical body, but it's not flesh and blood. It's flesh and bone. I'll show it to you in Scripture. He told them, uh, flesh and bone. I I'll just show it in Scripture. Come back whenever. I don't know when I get to it, but I will show it to you. Our body will be changed, and we will be immortal. We'll never die. We'll live for an eternity. So stop letting Ray Ray and them Junior, <laughs> Queen and them, come on, y'all, don't make me stay with this. I come up from Detroit. Shaquita lived in Detroit. I don't know if she, she lived in Texas, but Shaquita was in Detroit. Stop tripping over money stuff. Don't let the enemy deceive you anymore. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of that today? Amen. We'll pick up here next time. I'll call next week's message. This explains everything part two. Okay. <laughs>
But stand up, uh, no, remain seated. Bow your head just in case you're online or in the building and you're not born again. Let's get you saved, all right? So you can live in eternity with God and not go to hell and a lake of fire with the devil for an eternity. That's too long for you to be in the wrong place. Well, I'm not sure if God is real. Well, here, let me tell you, he is real. Look at nature. You can see that God created this. Don't reject him. Believe by faith and receive Jesus today. Pray this out loud. Congregation, if you mean this from your heart and you want to give your life to the Lord, God will save you and you'll spend an eternity in heaven. Pray this out loud. God in heaven, thank you for your word today. I come to you to give you my life. I do believe Jesus Christ is your son that you gave him for me to die for me. They put him in a grave, but you raised him from the dead. I believe that. And according to your word, I'm born again. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry for what I've done, for what I've said. I accept your offer of forgiveness, and I make heaven my home. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.